Good morning, this is Richard and Celia Ford and this morning we're going to be looking at Peter's denial of Christ in John chapter 18. The reading is taken from John chapter 18, starting at verse 15. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? she asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple, where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? he demanded. If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warming himself. So they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a cock began to crow. Spring, for a civil servant, is not the time of daffodils and birdsong, but the time of annual staff appraisals. After a year of frantic activity, you face a double challenge of remembering what exactly it was you did all year, and persuading your bosses that whatever it was, was done in a sterling and stupendous way, possibly unequalled since the 1840s. Unless you take notes, the grandly titled Performance Appraisal Report is likely to focus on the frantic activity in the last few weeks of the reporting year, often when the most important work is done. It is in this spirit I turn to the story of Peter at the end of his three years with Jesus. Ah, Peter, can't help tutting a bit and shaking your head. Without trivialising what he did, I find that Peter is in many ways one of the most reassuring failures in Scripture. Compared to those A-stream civil servants in the Old Testament, Joseph and Daniel, who always seem to get everything right in difficult circumstances, whether in Egypt or Babylon, Peter was horribly human, even on his home turf. Peter. All talk and no trousers. Hot-headed, impulsive, unreliable and, well, Frankly, not the sort of chap who would get into the civil service fast stream. 
and here we are at the end of Peter's reporting year. He stated his objective in chapter 13, I will lay down my life for you. Outcome, chapter 18, not one denial, not two denials, but three. The civil service, even as one of the most even-handed and tolerant employers, would have given Peter an oral warning, then a written warning, followed by dismissal proceedings. I mean, his line manager, Jesus, had even told him that he would fail. So why is Peter, an abject failure, a reassurance to me? It's not the reassurance that you get when some supposedly saintly figure turns out to be, quote, human after all, unquote, following some scandal. Judas's fate should scare us out of any such complacency about falling. No, it's the reassurance that the church that Jesus founded is not simply a place for swats and A-grader pupils, but also for the emotional, impulsive hotheads who both underperform and regularly fall flat on their faces. The church isn't the civil service, thank the Lord, even if there are many civil servants in it like Daniel, Joseph and less well-known but dear to me, Erastus, the city director of public works mentioned in Romans 16. You see, the real reassurance is our boss, Jesus. He doesn't measure us against competence frameworks. He cares for us, not for our performance. In the week leading up to his crucifixion, with all the injustice of human trials and the unimaginable horror of the cross facing him, he was still at pains to teach, warn and encourage his disciples, and to pray for them. Though he knew the disciples would all fail him, he also knew that, through the cross, resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit, he would redeem, reinstate and empower them. So, we need to take Jesus' warning to watch and pray seriously, a warning that interestingly Peter repeats multiple times in his New Testament letters, which you might want to reread in the light of his failures here. We should also find tremendous reassurance from Jesus' ability to restore those who do fail and fall. And we should treat the boneheads and hotheads in our church not as problems, but as one of God's preferred raw materials. But finally, and this is a scary and exciting thing, Jesus' ambition for us goes well beyond leaving us as we are, in our case, in the bubble that is Bath, leading a comfortable, middle-class life. He redeems us in the way that he redeemed Peter, not for a comfortable life, but for a life in his footsteps, taking up his cross, making ourselves poor to enrich others, spending and being spent, giving time, trouble, care and concern to do good to others. Or as Peter put it, living our lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this reminder of how you love us and how you know us, that you knew our failures even before they occurred, and yet, you can speak to us through them and draw us closer to you, as you did with Peter. Lord, forgive us all our pretensions, 
our pride, our outward appearances. Forgive us when we consider uh, what is rich as more important than what is poor. And Lord, we thank you that you have chosen this way to be glorified through our failure, through learning to be weak, learning to turn to you, our Saviour. Father, we thank you for this encouragement. We pray this Easter that as we consider the cross, that you would remind us of the way of the cross too in our own lives, that we would take courage and we would be reminded that in you we triumph. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen.